0: Welcome back to the Silver Spin and Roll podcast network. This is I Love Basketball. I'm your host, Sabrina Merchant, joined all the way across the world by Raj Javalu. Raj, how's it going?
1: It's good, Sabrina. It's 7 a.m. here, which is nice. Uh, I've been waking up at 5 a.m. to watch these basketball games, um, which (laughs) I think more and more is a mistake, Uh, (laughs) but I'm doing well. How are you?
0: I was hoping you would say, like, I've been waking up at 5 a.m. to watch the sunsets. I mean, the sunrises, like, from this glorious mountainous part of the world, but no. (laughs) Waking up at 5 a.m. to watch Laker games. Raj showing more interest in the Lakers than the Lakers showing themselves. is how I'm interpreting this.
1: (laughs) Well, what's great is the game is done by like 8 a.m. or something. Mm -hmm. So like I get the rest of the day to do what I want. It's done by like 530, Raj. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And then uh, I get back at night because I'm forced into vacation things during the day. And then at night I come back and rewatch the game. So it's Nice um i i take care of that in the morning and the night which again is kind of psychotic but yeah it's a uh, this this team has been crazy to watch
0: yeah i did notice that you did not tweet time to rewatch this one after the minnesota game No, but you did actually yeah. rewatch it the clips suggest that you did rewatch it but
1: <laughs> I'm just tired of being called a massagist like a hundred times in the quotes and uh, and in the replies. So I gave everyone a break from that. Um, hope no one would notice, but obviously Harrison definitely noticed and and made sure to point it out.
0: Not only did Harrison notice, he tweeted at you and then messaged it to me in the Slack so that I would point it out on the podcast that you did not tweet about rewatching this It's, it's the same game every single time. Like those of you who subscribe to this feed realize that we didn't actually have a post game podcast yesterday because of some scheduling issues this week. But I mean, if you watch the Toronto game, if you watch the Phoenix game, like you understand how this goes, the Lakers fall behind by a lot early. They have to expend a ridiculous amount of energy trying to come back into the game. Are they even really trying to come back into the game or are they just padding their stats? Who knows? Uh, They got it all the way to four against the Timberwolves in the fourth quarter, which admittedly is much mm-hmm. closer than I would have ever imagined. But that was against a mostly scrub unit. And once Cat came back, the Lakers had literally zero answers for how to defend him because there was no real center on this roster with Anthony Davis not healthy. And Dwight Howard had been out for a while. I understand he started yesterday, but like Dwight can't guard Cat, not at this age. And no, if, if Dwight isn't guarding him, then it falls to Mello or LeBron and... LeBron has been so supremely disinterested in defense over the past few weeks and Melo, bless his heart. Can't play defense, not at age 37 and not. He couldn't guard cat really at any stage of his career. So, uh, fake comeback, you know, classic Lakers script. Um, we talked about this last week about how there were nine games coming up where you really didn't see the Lakers winning more than one of them. And Surprise, Mm -hmm. surprise. They have won none of them since. So, I'm sorry. They won the Wizards game since we last talked. Let's not overlook that one when LeBron put up another 50. But since the All-Star break, if LeBron James scores less than 50 points, the Lakers are winless. And that is a very difficult way to win games.
1: Well, here's my thing on rewatching the game, Serena. First of all, the summer is very long. Like it's a, especially when you're out where we think the team is going to be out. Right. Mm-hmm. Even if you think they're going to make the playoffs, if they make through the play in, they'll be out in the first round. Most likely, unless Anthony Davis comes back that summer is long. We, we have no basketball for that whole time. Mm-hmm. I don't really follow that many other sports. So I'm trying to take advantage of this time one. to
0: get into the WNBA Raj.
1: <laughs> yes. I definitely plan to do that. But um, this season, I think, you know, every game still is very interesting. Cause I want to ask you about this. Cause you got to you watch at least you watch the first half at least of that Minnesota game uh, as intently as most people did, <laughs> but uh, they were already down uh, twenty five, I believe, in the second quarter. It feels like Russell Westbrook and the Lakers are playing a different game, like in the same game. I don't know, like it, it's so fascinating to watch because if you're just like casually watching, you don't catch this. But like Russ is like playing Russell Westbrook game, and the rest of the team is like playing basketball, which is like it's so fascinating. First three possessions Russell Westbrook has the basketball, they go under the screen three times. He shoots it three times. Obviously, you know the result of these. And I'm watching this, and I'm watching LeBron on these plays, and I'm like, there's no way. There's 13 games left. There's no way this is a shot you're still taking. So He's at 9%, 9% from three from the all-star break. Now, Russell Westbrook's a bad shooter. We came into this season knowing this, but there's a difference between a bad shooter and, like, a center that can't shoot who's taking a volume of threes right like I feel like that's where he's got into here's my question for you though because I think is there like I I asked Aaron this a couple weeks ago I think and I asked if there was an inflection point coming but does Russell Westbrook get sent home or is it too late because I I'm watching this team and I feel like they're going in so opposite directions. and defensively my goodness what a disaster fire Russell Westbrook is on defense and it, again, it's just plays where he just decides to stop. Like in, And it's not even a game that's a blowout yet. We're like down 12. His man back cuts him. Patrick Beverly about three, four times yesterday just jogged right into fake on an offensive rebound. But Sabrina, is it too late to send him home? Or like, I'm just looking at the basketball fit and it's like wa- water and oil. Like they're just going in, you know, separate directions. But is it too late? I guess is my question to you.
0: Yeah, I mean, just what's the point? Like, I don't think the Lakers are going to fall out of the play-in. I know we've talked about the schedule, how ridiculous it is. Like, I don't anticipate the Lakers winning more than four or five games for the rest of the season. And that's, like, Mm -hmm. charitable considering the schedule that they have left. I think 538 projects them to win five games the rest of the year um, out of the remaining 13, which, I mean, frankly, given the stretch that we're on is – sounds pretty good to me, five and eight. uh, It just – I don't think the Lakers are going to keep Westbrook on the team beyond the season. It's not like the tape is going to get more damaging for him as the year goes on. Like, I know the games have been, I don't bad. know.
1: I know the game. I don't have know. Been.
0: His plus minuses surprisingly have been really good. The last couple of games in these ridiculous Lakers, blots. like Russ is still a positive ledger when LeBron has these like magnificently negative numbers. Um, <laughs> it's just challenging everything. I thought I know about box score stats, but it's just, it's too late. Like the season is over. Frank Vogel is going to get fired. He's not even trying to do things that make sense for this team anymore. Like, I think you were the one who brought this up on Twitter, but like the presses that the Lakers throw out every so often are the worst executed I've ever seen. Like I've been watching a lot of college basketball recently. And you see a lot of the press in college basketball because they only have maybe one good ball handler on every team. Like College teams run a better press than the Lakers do. There's just no backside help whatsoever. The rotations are just not there. Uh, Frank's not trying. Nobody cares about what happens for the rest of the season. They're already thinking about next year. For a team that prides itself on catering to stars and blah, 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 and whatever the Laker credo is, you can't send a $44 million guy home. You just can't. Especially not a guy who's from LA who just poured his heart out about the emotional challenge it has been taking the abuse from fans over the course of the season. You can't tell them like, Oh, thanks for sharing. Now we're not going to have you play anymore. It just, it can't happen. Um, Unfortunately, I don't see a way of resolving the fit on the basketball court either because like you said, 9% on three pointers and he took three straight jumpers on dropped open game. (laughs) Like that's an insane thing for Russell Westbrook to do. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're just stuck. We're just stuck for the next, I'm going to say 14 games because there's 13 in the regular season and we're going to lose in the first playing game. We're stuck for the next 14 games of Russell Westbrook as a starting point guard, and it sucks. It really sucks because I remember during the offseason when I had like deluded myself into thinking that this was a good idea okay. that the Lakers had tried, traded mm-hmm. for Russ, right? Like instinctively, I knew. That it wasn't going to work instinctively but like i have faith in lebron i have faith in anthony davis and i have faith in the fact that like russell westbrook wanted to be a laker and would try to make it work and mm-hmm. the one thing that i had held on to was that like russ was so proud of being a laker you remember that opening press conference where he talked about like what it meant to have that jersey and to play in that building and he grew up watching Shaq and kobe and like the games on kcal nine and I'm not that much younger than Russ. Like I know exactly how that feels to grow up watching the Lakers at that time. Like those memories are very similar for me. And I thought that it would manifest itself in like a certain level of pride for Russell Westbrook and being a Laker, like that he would exhibit that pride on the court, every single game, even if he did stupid things like, you know, taking mindless 18 foot jumpers and like some of the passes go over the place and like, whatever the amount of pride he exhibits like as a Laker is almost non-existent at this point. Like there there's none of that on the court. Like he was seemingly more proud of being a Washington wizard last year than he is being on this particular Los Angeles Lakers team. And it is freaking maddening because I thought that that's the one thing that we were going to get out of Russell Westbrook. Like maybe the basketball would be weird. I was accounting for the fact that it was going to be weird. Like nobody looks happy. Nobody looks like they want to associate themselves with this team. I just can't believe that that's where we've gotten with russell westbrook it's crazy
1: it's depressing yeah Yeah. for sure they their play is absolutely depressing they are it's disrespectful to basketball what we've what we're watching here i think with russell westbrook what we were sold was like a motor ride and a constant energy and it was supposed to be infectious to lebron Mm -hmm. james to anthony davis it's gone the other way like you watch even Anthony Davis and LeBron again only gonna play twenty one games combined if AD doesn't come back. I think both of us agree. Crazy. I mean he's probably he's probably not gonna come back to I'm this sure team. He's just I mean,
0: supremely disappointed now that Devontae Adams <laughs> has been traded too.
1: Yeah, I think I saw something about that. Is yeah. that football? Okay. Yeah.
0: So it's another blow for AD's favorite football team.
1: Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I think I saw LeBron tweet to him this morning as yeah. well. <laughs> But yeah, like the defense to me is actually worse to than the offense. Like I can live with the missed jumpers. I can live with the come down the left side of the floor, try to bank the mid range pull up in, even though it has such a low percentage shot of going in. Like I can, I can live with all of that if the defensive effort in there and the motor just hasn't been what we were sold at least. And that's why I like, we don't have to get into the DeRozan stuff because I think most of, you know, the, our partners have kind of got into that, but It's a lot of like changing the past, a lot of hindsight, you know, being 2020 here. Like, I don't think anyone thought DeRozan really was coming. I think, you know, LeBron, everyone sold us on Russell Westbrook, all the athletic articles that come out. And now, you know, you see Russell Westbrook saying he had no expectations coming in. Come on. Like, come on. You had expectations coming in like that. That's the stuff I think that frustrates fans.
0: What an insane statement to make that you are joining the most storied franchise in the NBA the one that you grew up rooting for, the one that employs LeBron James, a top two player of all time. And you're saying you have no expectations, none whatsoever. You can't expect anybody to believe that. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous.
1: Absolutely ridiculous. And I, I again, like uh, to move it on the court, like, There's a difference. Like, obviously, they always say a 40% shooter is different than a 29% shooter, but a 29% to an 11% shooter, like that's an insane thing to try to live with on the basketball floor, especially with the volume he puts up. His what? His
0: passing has gotten worse too. Oh,
1: I mean, I think that decision making has always been rough, Uh but it's just that like it's bad. It's been at such a high volume that like you can kind of live with five turnovers when it's like 13 assists. Right but now, like I think, what the thinking was this season. So it's been a progression. Like we we gave the ball to Russell Westbrook. We realized that didn't work. We threw him in like the corner, and we're like, okay, we're gonna run actions through LeBron and Malik Monk screen and roll. LeBron and THG screen and roll. And what that actually has done is you lowered Russell Westbrook's efficiency uh volume, but then he, his efficiency didn't keep up with that. It actually dropped. So the turnovers actually went up. His assist to turnover ratio actually has gotten better. It's just he doesn't have the ball as much. So. I don't know what, what we do with this, I mean, Like, I, we're just going to watch 13 more games of this. Where, so there was a stat that the Wolves broadcast brought up. Lakers have been down by 25 points in three straight games.
0: Wolves broadcast is really good, by the way.
1: They are actually really good. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they love Patrick Beverly, by the way. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Most,
0: most teams that employ Patrick Beverly greatly enjoy <laughs> the Patrick Beverly experience. As you yeah. pointed out, uh, you know, he doesn't miss the playoffs. So, <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, But Russ said, you know, they haven't done anything to to trash talk to him. But Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, they said that the Lakers have been down by 25 points in three straight games. That's the first time in LeBron's career that's ever happened. So it's just, you know, we're breaking records here, which is just I feel like you have to try to be down 25 points in three straight games. And it's not like in the third and fourth. It's like first quarter, second quarter, we're down by 25 points, which is just there's a level of like quit and like a not give a crap that is just fascinating to watch every game because I think the season needs to be documented like that's why I'm keep watching I think this season needs to be told like what happened this season it can't just be a LeBron AD got hurt Russell let's Westbrook it it wasn't yeah. Th- yeah let's just wipe the season away no we need to document exactly what happened here especially on the court and then off the court as well we'll get all the athletic articles all the everyone's sources Brian Windhorst, I'm sure we'll have his stuff that he'll come out with. Like everyone's going to have their inside source from the season, but I think the basketball also needs to be documented because this is just a travesty of uh, that we're watching. We were down 21 to two to the Raptors. Like, and looked like we had no care in the world. Like it was a preseason game.
0: That was the first game that I've gone to as a fan. This season was the Toronto mm-hmm. Lakers game. I had been to a couple of yeah. Laker Clipper games, but I was covering those. Um, I kind of just wanted to like experience what it was like, you know, like how Laker fans feel about this team in person now, you know, and generally like when I go to a Laker game, uh, I try to get there like at least half an hour ahead of time. Cause I love watching warmups and like, it's just fun to be in yeah. the building ahead of time. And like production wise, the Lakers put on just a better show than just about anybody else in the league. Like it's really fun to be there. And mm-hmm. n- nobody was at the game early. Like, n- like it was such a little really? crowd ahead of time. It was very, very limited and I get that. Like it's a Monday night against Toronto. This is not exactly like a historic rival for the Lakers or anything like that. And the team has been terrible. Um, But like it's in the building, like um, Harrison mentioned this on our, uh, our Slack earlier today, how the Lakers have their lowest attendance this season since 2015. Um, Yeah. It's it's not like a dramatic number or anything. You know, the, the Lakers are very famous for selling out games. Like, that's how I know that the capacity of crypto.com arena is 18,997 is because they're very proud of the fact that they sell out these games. Um, so the fact that like, you know, the capacity has only been reaching 97.6% this year, like doesn't sound like that big of a deal, but like that you can get into a Laker game right before it starts. Like, is not a thing that was always happening, right? Like it was not like a, a, an affordable outcome for most Laker games back in the day. And people want the team to be good. Like when oh, yeah. Wendy and Gabriel makes an effort play, like the building gets loud. All right. That, that's how you know that like the fans still care is that Wendy and Gabriel is drawing enthusiasm because like, that's all people want. They just want like a little bit of effort, just like a little bit Our of, bar like, is so oh, low, I want to be playing for the Lakers. Like Wendy and Gabriel looks like he wants to be playing for the Lakers. Maybe Wendy and Gabriel would look like that for any other team. And frankly, he does like he was great on that 10 day for the Clippers that he had earlier this year, but I I don't think that we have as a collective fan community have like given up on this team. It's just, I feel more like the team has given up on the fans. Like they've just given us literally zero to be happy about because like when good things happen, like you feel it, like we're, Oh my God, we are so excited to jump on any little good thing that happens for the Lakers. Like how many times have we tried to talk ourselves into the fact that like, Oh, this could be a turning point. Or like maybe (laughs) if we can just lean into like this little wrinkle in our offense, good things will happen. Or Yeah, I kind of like Stanley Johnson, even though he was on three 10 days and out of the league for a year and a half, like he could actually be the key to turning around our season. So many times we talk ourselves into this because collectively, like none of us want to give up on the Lakers. Seriously, like I don't want to give up on them. You don't want to give up on them. We keep talking about them all the freaking time. It's just, I, I really think it's, it's reciprocal of this. Like the team has given up on us. Like they just collectively don't give a shit. It looks like it every time they take the court. And it's so frustrating because they have such a committed fan base that wants to support them. And we can't because there's nothing to latch on to.
1: The bar is so low. I mean, like, we really just want guys to play hard. Like, I, I, I think we've yeah, I think we've kind of passed the like, oh, let's win. Like, we haven't won two in a row since January 6th. It's it's what it's March 18th. Yeah, March seventeenth. So where we you guys were are? At, or twenty four and
0: twenty four, right? After going into mm-hmm. Brooklyn and having like a really nice win against a James Harden and Kevin Durant team, right? Was Durant playing at the time? Yeah, yeah Durant was playing at the time. I think twenty four and twenty four. Yeah. You know what a record is now?
1: <laughs> Pretty bad. I think we're eleven games under five hundred.
0: Twenty nine and forty, which means we've gone five and sixteen since then. Five and sixteen. Like, that that is a tanking team. That's not a team that like has any designs on winning games. That is a full on Oklahoma city. I'm sending Josh Giddy home for the year because we're winning too many games. That's the kind of record that we've had over the last 20 of the games. It's insane. Like these are literally the kinds of stretches that the Byron Scott Lakers would go on. I just can't believe we've yeah. already gotten to this point. Like, how is it possible on a team with LeBron James, LeBron James, put won <laughs> 50 points twice in the last two weeks. I just, I, I can't wrap my head around it. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. And you talked about the attendance, which is interesting. Um, And did you say that Toronto game was your first game this year going? To yeah, the, as a
0: fan. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I went to they played the Knicks, which is a game they actually came back on. I think I talked about oh, the this,
0: overtime game, right? It was like one of those the overtime Saturday game. Games. Yes. Yeah.
1: But that was another game. I think it was like 21 to four or something to start. You know what I mean? Like it was a very and that was the game we got 80 back and the whole crowd is hype, right? Like, oh, we get mm-hmm. our big three. Like, We're so excited. And then Julius Randle just goes on like a tear. I think the Knicks hit like three step back threes because no one guards Evan Fournier. And like, we're like down 21 to four. And, you know, I've been going to late games for a while. Not Mm -hmm. a bunch of games, but, you know, I go to games at least. I try to go to one every year. I've never seen like a home player get booed, you know, like that, like in that way where I like watching Russell Westbrook get the ball and booed. Like I've never really seen that. That's just an interesting Like to see with a star player, you can put quotes on star, whatever you want to put it, but but, I mean, like it was just interesting to watch. So I think it's fascinating, but you're right. I mean, the bar is so low. Austin Reeves, I think, stole the hearts. Like, he's good. I'm not gonna, I'm not saying Austin Reeves isn't great, but like, first few games he played were like, oh shoot, this kid plays really hard. He passes the ball when he's supposed to, and he cuts. Like, the bar is there. Stanley Johnson on 10 day (laughs) contracts were like, start this kid because he can't shoot. He can't shoot, but he plays really hard on both ends. Man. And he has a little bit of, like, um, pride to him on the defensive end. And, like, there's, you know, there's stuff like that that you can't teach. And maybe because we have a roster full of just so many guys past their mid-30s, like, you don't get that on a nightly basis, and that's fair. Um, but that that's where the bar is right now. That's why when and Gabriel, when he does, like, you talked about a great play. We all tweet about it. We clip the video, you know, or, you know, we highlight, you know, the defensive play he made we're like, Oh, he runs the floor. Like what a, you know, what a great thing to see, which again, the bar is so low, but shout out winning Graybro, who has played hard. I don't know how well he's played, but I've liked the basketball he's shown and just a guy in his mid twenties that runs the floor, like put that next to LeBron and and you got something, but I just like having
0: a big wing size guy on the team who can actually play, you know, there's just, there aren't any of those on the Lakers other than LeBron and Stanley Johnson at this point, like, uh, who aren't just going to get cooked defensively because I, I love watching Melo on offense, but like, it's, it's a struggle sometimes on the other end. Uh, but yeah, yeah uh, sure. I could do with you, like a fewer Wenyen Gabriel corner threes, like that's not my favorite thing to watch, but I understand the man is trying to expand his skill set to eventually latch fully onto an NBA roster. So if we need to go through these growing pains on a season, that really doesn't matter for the Lakers. It's okay. When in take some threes.
1: <laughs> that's true. I want to ask you this because you were at the Toronto game how, how did it look in person where Toronto has like eight wings on the floor at all times? And we have like one and a half, like did, did that look as
0: just like every single c- possession, Scotty Barnes is going after Austin Reeves and there's nothing the Lakers can do about it because you don't have anyone with size to switch onto him because Stanley is occupied onto Pascal Siakam and LeBron is theoretically manning the middle. Um, and they just realize like, Oh, like if monk and Reeves switch, we can just go after monk. And like one of us will have just an incredible size advantage every single time. The Lakers historically have not done well against the Raptors in the LeBron era. I don't think they've actually beaten the Raptors with LeBron playing since he came from Cleveland. Um, I know we had that really great win against the Raptors in Toronto last mm-hmm. year, but that was when Marcus yes. Saul was playing. That was when AD and LeBron were
1: out. Uh, oh, right. Right. Just
0: teams with wings, like big wings tend to give us some trouble because we don't have that on our roster. Like that's why all of our good wins come against Utah because Utah is just all guards and bigs and we can figure our way around that. But <laughs> Teams that actually have wing size players give us some difficulty. And wouldn't, you know, a lot of teams in the NBA have wing size players. So it was just immediately obvious that like, oh, this is going to be a problem in the way that like, when we play the Clippers, it's a problem when like Marcus Morris can get any kind of matchup he wants against the Lakers. Uh, so you could see it coming a mile away. Um, there was no Trevor Ariza to be seen for some reason. I don't know why. Um, I mean, would it have been H, worse than yeah. Austin Reeves and Malik Monk? I don't know, maybe, but they're just, there are no options for the Lakers because they built a roster that was dependent on one forward sized player, Trevor Ariza to be the fulcrum of the lineups that they, you know, envisioned carrying us to the promised land. It did not work. There was no backup player. <laughs> And now we have Wendy and Gabriel starting for Stanley Johnson in the second half. So there you go.
1: Like my issue, like with that. So again, going back and watching it, like not only do we don't have someone for Scotty Barnes who, you know, he's, he's a really good young player. I think he's going to be a star in this league. Mm-hmm. We let him become Giannis like right away. You <laughs> know what I mean? Like, like, so he, he had Malik Monk on him, I believe at the three point line. And he just backed his way in with five right. dribbles And got a layup and no one reacted like that was was supposed to happen. It was a layup
0: train against the Raptors. It was unbelievable. No resistance whatsoever.
1: Yeah. And like, we're not the only team with small guards. Like last year we had small guards. It's not like, so I've seen people use this excuse. Like, oh, what are we going to do? You have Malik Monk on the floor. Like there's ways to at least make it a little bit resistance. Like watch us on offense. We don't just get layups. Like we have to move the ball (laughs) three times, four times to get an open three, right? And the Raptors literally one, Scotty Barnes post-up right to the basket, Pascal Siakam post-up and one right to the ba- – like there's just a level of resistance from a Frank Vogel-led team that you would expect. I mean, the offense is what it is. But, again, with the presses as well, like you talked about earlier, like that's just not what a Frank Vogel defense does. You, you know, this 2-1-2 press we do, they get the ball past half court and it's a dunk. dunk. Like it's <laughs> – why are every we pressing – <laughs> Why are we pressing, you
0: know, the, the front office tested out this theory last off season of how bad of defensive personnel can we give to Frank Vogel and still construct a good defense. And I think we went too bad. Like we, we crossed the line, like Frank Vogel cannot construct a good defense out of this level of defensive personnel. Um, I didn't hate the theory at the time, but oof, it's, uh, it's been really bad. It's been really, really bad. Talon got hurt again too, which is just another. Cherry on top of a freaking miserable Sunday, but this is where we are. Um God, I just this team sucks. It's so bad.
1: <laughs> it's awful, yeah. And but what again, what really we can sucks it.
0: about it is that we are not far removed at all from teams that I really enjoyed watching on the Lakers, even last year's team, which ended pretty miserably in that series against the Suns for the majority of the year, are really great hang. Like, I really enjoyed the 2020-21 Lakers. Started the season 21-6, and six, like, gave it a really good run, even when eighty and LeBron were out. Even if they could not score, save their lives. Like, they tried, you know? I, I miss, That team was I miss respected.
1: Pride. That yeah. team was respected by the fans. By like, everybody but no LeBron LeBron and <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, maybe, but... but Salsa was danced respected. all over our asses. <laughs> Hey, LeBron played, you know, in that, in that series a little bit, but I think that's why they were, they were a little more trash talking, but um, yeah, like that team was respected by the fans. I think that's, what's important. They had an identity. They played hard. There was a defensive identity there. Mm-hmm. This team has no identity. Like there's, there's, they just go down big every game and try to come like back. that's
0: we, we brought in offensive personnel and managed to put up a quarter against the Toronto Raptors 12 points in the first quarter, twelve. In the year of our Lord, 2022, with an offensively minded roster in this NBA, where scoring is at its peak, we put up 12 points in one quarter of basketball.
1: It's rough. It's rough.
0: Uh, Let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and have a little exercise on the other half of the show. All right, we're back. So I mentioned this earlier about how I actually enjoyed, you know, recent Laker teams, um, which is what makes this one all the more dispiriting because of how, how, you know, just how not long it's been since we've actually had a team that's worth rooting for. Uh, So I thought just to, you know, really stick a knife into this current iteration of the Lakers (laughs) that we could just draft our favorite Lakers who have gotten away in the last two seasons and just who you'd most like to have on this current 21-22 Lakers because I like basketball and I liked watching these guys and I'd like to talk about Lakers who play basketball that I enjoyed watching. So what do you say, Raj?
1: <laughs> so I, I love that like the end of our shows have basically been like reminiscing like <laughs> last time was <laughs> like last time was just a an un O to Kyle Kuzma and uh contavious caldwell pope um mm-hmm. so yeah i think it's interesting do you want me to go with my first pick here yeah in, so let's just
0: uh, establish the rules real quick these are just players who have left the lakers since the bubble title in 2020 yeah
1: okay yeah so <laughs> since the bubble title so i was looking back because when you asked me about this i went back and looked at the rosters i was like wow like you know it's actually not that long of a list and I told you that you're like no ten is actually a lot of players because it's anybody... only two
0: years of players.
1: <laughs> that's the that's fact so true. that we uh, can make
0: a list of ten guys and like actually think like yeah I'd want them on the current Lakers. It's, it's not only big.
1: that they would start on this team they like would, all yeah. t- all ten of these players would start. Uh Well, maybe not all ten. Uh, all 10. Okay, so <laughs> my first pick, which I think should be universal, but you said you have an, an unorthodox pick. I think Alex Caruso should be number one, like mm-hmm. to me, like that's, I don't want to go to Alex Caruso's field. Cause I think that's very easy. And I think that's been done 300 million times. <laughs> uh, but, but I think he should be on this team. Number one, because we did not need to lose Alex Caruso. There was no need. There was no trade. Mm-hmm. He lo- he left on his, he walked away from us. We could have easily jogged and got him back, but he walked away and walked to the bulls. But and he was not in part of any trade or nothing. You can go through the luxury tax stuff if you want to. He I asked mean, you can go to come
0: back <laughs>
1: he on a discount. Which... to
0: come back on a discount. Less than what the Bulls are paying him.
1: Huh? <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what hurts the most. Um, Zubaj, I think, hurts the most for me. Because I think that was the most, like, even at the time like what are we doing but Caruso mm-hmm. definitely at second right there i think he should be number 1 on this is who's your number 1 on this list
0: just one thing about caruso like the only reason why i'm glad that he's not on the lakers is not that i'm glad that he's not on the lakers but the only silver lining to this whole situation is that people thought that we gave him too much credit because he was a laker and now that he's on another team and he's getting the credit like he's just a good basketball player he's not a Laker role player who gets all this extra shine. He's he's just a good basketball player. And I'm happy that he gets that reputation at least because he deserves it. He's a good basketball. So,
1: player. So you're happy. The knife went through the heart and all the way through <laughs> to the back. Like you're happy. The knife just I'm went not through the I'm whole body. I'm not happy
0: Caruso is gone. I'm saying if there is one silver lining to be had from all of this, it is that his reputation, you know, is deserve it. You know, like people understand how good Alex Caruso Of course was.
1: it was. Of course it was. I, you and I
0: always uh, knew that, but everyone outside of LA thought it was overblown. And I'm glad that they no longer think that. I'm just saying.
1: He started a finals game. I know. Yeah. He was our, he was our last, like. Me. This is for the I know, latest, like, but I'm just like, how absurd. Like he was our last piece when we were like, oh, there's nothing left to do. Let's go through our last piece of starting Alex Caruso. Like that was our, I don't know. I want to ask you this really quickly. Last thing on Caruso. Mm -hmm. If LeBron wanted Caruso, would Caruso be here? I mean, we, we thought it was a yes. Uh,
0: so yeah, I think so.
1: I I still think that's a yes.
0: I mean, LeBron wanted Jared Dudley and he's on here. So maybe there are limits to LeBron James's power, but Uh, okay. I like to think Alex Caruso is a little bit more important than Jared Dudley, though. Apparently the Lakers front office was willing to pay Alex Caruso about as much as they were willing to pay Jared Dudley. So who knows? Um, Yeah, I'm with you. I thought Alex Caruso was a pretty consensus number one pick. Uh, Mm -hmm. However, watching this current iteration of the Lakers, what I want more than anything is a functional big body. So I just miss Javelle McGee more than anyone because I love guys who can dunk just like a a lob threat. You know, I want someone who can provide vertical spacing on this team. Uh, Like watching Dwight try to get up is so sad. Uh, DeAndre could not. His back just does not allow for it anymore. Um, I I miss JaVale. JaVale is just a a professional center, you know, who is not going to get you to any all-star games, but he's an Olympic gold medalist. And he seems like a damn good teammate. People like having him around. Um, He's tall and he catches everything. And I like guys who can dunk everything. So I miss JaVale. And I would like to see him on this team because Lord knows like the Lakers would be tremendously better with like an actual center who could play
1: So we got like our butts kicked by the Phoenix Suns um, and then watching JaVale McGee jump twice and then run back. It was like, wow, like that's got, right? got a motor. Yes. And it's like, I'm not comparing the two players because it's not really fair, but like mm-hmm. JaVel and Russ, right. Very questionable, like decision makings on sure. the floor. Like mm-hmm. they do things, JaVel will do a fake handoff and try to dribble from the three point line to the rim. You're like, what are you, you know, what are you doing? You're JaVale McGee. But you live with all that because the motor's always there. He's always yeah. going to try to block shots, but sometimes isn't, you know, and always a positive. But, yeah, we definitely miss a big that can jump. Um, the Phoenix Sun or not the Phoenix Sun, TNT, I think, broadcast. I forgot who it was. So Javel McGee is the best backup center in the league. I thought about it. I was like, I mean, I can't really disagree. I mean, like, the, I mean, you can't – I mean, you can have – there's, like, contention points maybe if you go around the league. But, I mean, I couldn't really disagree with that. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, like –
0: just based on my like admittedly biased watching of the NBA. Like I like Isaiah Hartenstein a lot, but I think I'd rather have to me too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Isaiah yeah. Hart, who turns into like the best center in the league against us, but, but JaVale McGee, I think, you know, he has a case for it. Yeah. I think it's interesting. He signed for a little bit over, I think like 5 million or something. Yeah, so yeah. they have like the best backup center in the league for like $5 million, which I think. And then um, is it wouldn't win.
0: be me if I didn't also say that I miss Contavious Caldwell Pope just dearly <laughs> because we don't really have any guards who like are respected defenders. Like I, I understand that Austin is a good tries. way to put it. <laughs> I understand that Austin Reeves tries, um, and I think he he gives a lot of good effort on that end. But he gets hunted, just relentlessly hunted, and it makes it harder on a guy when they're always going after you. So, um, just you know, to have a player who knows how to play defense, who knows how to chase off screens, um, who can shoot, always a nice thing. Um, and has the just variety of highlights that KCP is capable of producing. Like the other night when they were playing the Warriors, he was literally telling Steve Kerr to like get Stephen Curry off the court because like, he was tired of guarding him. Like it was enough. (laughs) It's just a very KCP experience. So yeah, I mean, he was a Laker for four years. It's like an eternity at this point, you know, for a player to stay on a team for four years. This is obviously your four of LeBron, but, um, like he he really grew into like a, a real life, mature role player on the Lakers. Yeah. And I mean, we, we mentioned this like ad nauseum in our, our wizards preview pod a couple weeks ago <laughs> or last week, but yeah, he, he is the one I miss, uh, I guess the second most other than Janelle Mckee.
1: <laughs> so is he number two on your list? On yeah. Your yeah. Draft so list? Now
0: you get a, you get two picks here if we're snaking this.
1: Yeah. Uh. He was, he was number two on mine as well. I, I think you went into KCP pretty clearly. I think there's a huge gap between a guy who makes what he does and the guys that are playing on our team. Uh, I think that's pretty clear. Uh, number three for me, I, I was going back and forth on this, but I ended up at Kyle Kuzma. Same, um, he's next on my list too. And KCP and Kuzma are frustrating for the same reasons to me because I feel like we, not to give the team credit, but I feel like we developed both of them. I mean, KCP came to the Lakers. He wasn't the player he is now. Kyle Kuzma definitely isn't the winning role player he is now. Um, And that, I think that's what's frustrating. You put so much time into developing these players who played a million games for the Lakers, Kyle Kuzma, what, four years as well. I think Mm -hmm. uh, same as Kyle KCB.
0: Well, Kuzma has been teammates with KCP for the entirety of his NBA
1: career. (laughs) Oh yeah. That's pretty pretty cool. That's a cool little nugget. It's a nice little nugget there. Um, But uh, yeah, like I think both of those guys were developed by us. That's what's so frustrating And they're winning championship level players. That there's like a proven concept there, where like not only could they do it, they did do it. Like they they both played on super winning teams. So Kuzma's next. I don't think I don't think I really need to dive into why Uh, Mm -hmm. a guy who's six nine, six ten, who can shoot
0: on the Lakers, a wing, what,
1: a two way wing. I know you know how the Warriors fans are two way wigs, like two way Kuzma. Um, uh, Yeah, so he's a he's a two way player. I think people don't give him the offensive credit because of the shooting numbers or whatever it is. Um, but he can dribble pass fine. and shoot. He can dribble pass and shoot. Yeah, and he he's can not a great shooter, other. but he's a fine shooter. He's a willing shooter. Like he, he's a willing shooter. I, think <laughs> I do that's, love a willing I shooter. Think <laughs> I think that's important. So that's why after him. Oh, I have one more pick. Right yeah, who's now, next after Kyle Kuzma? Again, so now I'm going. Now it's like you're just like kind of splitting hairs, I guess, between role players. But um, mm. I had Danny Green next. Mm. I feel like I mean I. I, th- you know, I think we just missed some kind of stability, like <laughs> the roster um, at our starting two guard Danny Green got a lot of flack, um, but he's a guy who understood his role. Frank Vogel will be like, okay, push this guy left Danny Green's like, all right, like that's what I'm doing this game. Like I'm gonna push him left you know, weak, the screen I'm a weak, the sc- like there's a bunch of stuff that he just does that just flies under the radar. And again, he's not, I don't think he shot great with the Lakers. So I forgot his percentage, uh, but teams don't shot, like accept 37%. Him like it was good. Yeah. Yeah. Other than the finals, teams guard him, right? Like yeah. the, the finals, the mime he started to he, kind of play He basically
0: off. broke his hip during the hiatus and has never been the same player, um, which is why he was okay. a little bit lower than um, on my list because I I adore Danny Green, like don't get me wrong, but I was trying to be like a little more realistic about who could help.
1: I mean, Danny Green's still, uh, he's like 6'6", six, 6'7". Uh, six, 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 I seven. think he's I mean, listed like at just... six
0: five, honestly.
1: Oh, really? Okay. I mean, it's just it's the hair. Like he does. the hair. All right. The hair, yeah, and he's a really good transition defensive player. And mm-hmm. I feel like one of the very transition. best, yeah. very best. Yes, he gets weeks, he gets weak side blocks, um, out of nowhere, even though he can't really jump. Like, it's just a player I'd like to have on the team again, fit our 2020 identity of just like we're just the gonna three defend the that hell he had against you.
0: Dallas. I loved it so much. Oh,
1: <laughs> so good. It was just like Wayne Ellington. <laughs> I think Wayne Ellington did the exact same three this year. Um, but uh, yeah, I miss Danny Green on this team.
0: Yeah. So next on my list was actually, uh, Jared Dudley.
1: Um, that's interesting.
0: Just because, I mean, we've obviously given up roster spots to players who are not going to contribute on the basketball court. So I don't really mind giving away another one, but you need some sort of like locker room chemist on this team. Like the vibes are bad. They're really, really bad. And Jared Dudley had a way of, you know, just getting into people like, you know, making them get on the same page and just, uh, he was good at, you know, that sort of locker room chemistry kind of thing. And, uh, just for a team that looks like it has absolutely no fun. Every time they come out on the court, I think Jared Dudley could help with that. And for my personal enjoyment, you know, that's, that's the direction I'd want to go. So Jared Dudley was on my list. Uh, I had to stop myself from just picking like seven centers in a row. Cause otherwise I would have just put like Andre Drummond and Marcus like <laughs> everybody in a row on that list. But I think I am just going to pick another center because like, I can't state this enough how frustrating it is to watch the Lakers play LeBron James at center and the backup center is Carmelo Anthony, like it's stupid. So, um, I'm going to put Marcus all next, even though I understand that Andre Drummond is a better basketball player at this point, because Marcus all does not play basketball in the NBA at this point, but the first few games of watching Marcus all on the Lakers, like his chemistry with LeBron James was sublime. It was just a perfect marriage of two people yeah. who understood how to play basketball. Um, not a willing shooter in like the mold of Kyle Kuzma. That's for sure. That's not Marcus' style, but he's got a little edge about him. You know, uh, I just, I love the way he sees the floor. Um, nobody, nothing on the Lakers looks pretty this year. Like none of the offense looks pretty, but if we had a guy who could like, actually find, you know, cutters, uh, I just miss the sensibility with which Marcus all plays basketball. So he's the guy I'd like to see back on the Lakers.
1: Do you remember that first, was it the first preseason game? I think LeBron and AD didn't play, but it was like mm-hmm. Marcus Saul with like THT. And this, this is one, why THT, THT, T-H-T earned out.
0: a million dollars because of those four preseason
1: games. Uh, but but uh, yeah, we played the Clippers and like, I think did Kawhi and Paul George, no, Kawhi and Paul George didn't play me. No, they or did, did they? play. I don't remember.
0: They did, yeah. They did
1: play. Okay, yeah. They were not trying at all, but... <laughs> but uh, but still, Marcus all was doing like these wraparound passes and yeah. these bounce passes, and it was just absolutely gorgeous basketball. And then we started the season, and LeBron AD, and I think all at center won like a ridiculous amount of games together. Yep. Like they were the record was 21 and six. I forgot what, they, great what the great record was together. It was great a great lineup. lineup, yeah. So definitely miss Marcus All. Um, I wish he was on the team too. And you said overall, I know you said Andre Drummond's a better player. I don't think the gap is wide enough to where like I'd rather watch Marcus Gasol play basketball than Andre Drummond. Yeah, like, I no, don't miss the Andre Drummond.
0: I just I literally haven't seen Mark play basketball since Game Six against Phoenix, so the there could have been a drop off. You know, I'm acknowledging that the drop off is there.
1: He played for uh, Spain. This
0: I year, I agree. Right? I had it. I didn't watch it, so he didn't oh, play okay. in the Olympics. Um, did he? Oh, he didn't. I don't okay. think he played in the Olympics. So the last time I, I watched him play. Line. Last time I watched him play was game six against Phoenix. And it is quite possible that he is, you know, diminished considerably since then. So I'm allowing for that and still saying that I would want him on the Lakers.
1: I miss Marcus Halls. Well, he's on my list. He wasn't next though. Um, so the next guy I had, which like I, I think it's just a need on this team. Um, And I think we undervalued what he was for the roster and he went absurd in the bubble for sure. Um, But I think Marquise Morris. Yeah. He was next on my list. (laughs) Oh man. And I like, I think we thought Carmelo Anthony was like Marquise Morris. And Mm -hmm. I think the gap defensively is way too huge. Also like, I love Carmelo Anthony. Like, again, he's been a bright spot for the season, but like he cannibalizes possessions in a way where like, Marquise Morris doesn't like, I think, you know, we just, we run offense through Carmelo Anthony, like it's 2010, like way too often to me. Like, I think the idea that he's a spacer is great. It's just not what's played out on the basketball floor. If you're watching all these games, like it just doesn't.
0: I just can't believe that our offensive playbook involves sets from 12 years ago, <laughs> 12 years.
1: But like, it's funny. Cause you watch the game. You're like, okay, so it's LeBron and Russ out there and Carmelo should be spacing in the corner. Right. But that's not at all how it works. Carmelo goes into the post and is like, give me the ball. And like, again, like I think those possessions still come it's out. It's fun where we watching
0: Melo post up. I got to no, tell it, you, it's it, a it 100, good time.
1: It 100%, but. It's a hundred percent fun, but it's just like, if that's your offense, you're not going anywhere. And yeah. I don't think he scores at a level enough to me to where like, you can do that mm-hmm. in the defensively. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, I love Carmelo, but they pick on him in a way that's, you know, it's. Yeah, not I mean,
0: Jalen Green said it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's true. Yeah. A rookie coming out. I was like, hey, my coach told me to do this. Coach so I told I me like, just that's...
0: go after Melo every single time.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the, I had Marquette Morris next. I missed him so much. I thought getting him for the minimum was just highway robbery um, in 2020. I don't think he shot that Such well. Such a great that year. buyout signing. Buyout, yeah, one of the few, right? Most buyout signings don't really. Yeah, I just play I thought like what was so
0: smart about it was that it allowed Kuz to sort of move to the three instead of playing the four, Uh and that mm-hmm. just like allowed Kuz to flourish too, which just was like another addition to the Lakers.
1: And then it also moved AD to the five, like it allowed AD <laughs> to play center, yeah. like <laughs> Marquise Morris. You know, took all it's the really good big, puzzle piece, quote Yeah, <laughs> he was what Trevor Reza was supposed he to was our be Trevor this reason, year. Bro. Yeah exactly delightful. and then he's also a guy like you again not you can run offense through him for a few possessions and i think that when lebron and ad went out in 2020 he was a big part of like hey let's run offense through marquise morris a little bit cuz he can mm-hmm. get his own shot and um i really miss that um he's still he's the one on the miami heat right uh, yeah, he, yeah he's, the he's one on the one miami,
0: miami. yeah <laughs> yeah i agree um, he's a uh, he's got some some sauce i miss him who's next
1: and next uh we really went we already went into him but i had javale next okay. uh, you know uh, so Mr. Bell yeah I don't
0: really think like the rest of the players on my list are worth mentioning because like I mean we've already gone through what like seven guys Um, like I had a I thought about Dennis Schroeder for a second just because
1: it's crazy how he does not come up in a guard (laughs) who
0: plays defense is like not my least favorite archetype in the world (laughs) so fine Uh, And I, I just love the little back screen he used to set for Anthony Davis, that Mm -hmm. two man game they ran. And on the baseline was uh, one of my favorite little pet plays that the Lakers had last season. So uh, if I were to give an honorable mention to someone, it would be Dennis Schroeder, but that's, that's it. (laughs) That is as high as I'm willing to put Dennis because (laughs) Lord knows I've spent many, many hours on this podcast talking about the decision-making of one Dennis Schroeder and how I feel about it. So I'm going to leave it at that.
1: Yeah, it's crazy how, like, six playoff games really turned off, like, everyone to Dennis Shooter. Like, it's, I I don't know what it is about it. It did not
0: take me until the playoffs.
1: Oh, okay. (laughs) Like, I love watching him during the season next to LeBron and AD. Like, I thought that was a cool fit, a defensive guard who's supposed to theoretically be able to shoot. He wasn't supposed to be a guy who can't shoot. He wasn't a shooter. He was supposed to be a guy that you can't just go under the screen 50, 50 million times and he can't shoot. So it was interesting to watch. My honorable mention though and like I know this probably doesn't count but it's uh it's 2020 Dwight Howard like can, <laughs> can we get that guy back like because this is not the Dwight Howard that's for 2020,
0: 2020 Avery Bradley man
1: oh <laughs> uh, that's true as well yeah that's fair although I think you know 2020 roster Rondo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah how far back can we do this um <laughs> but uh like I think Avery Bradley's closer to what he was it just doesn't yeah, fit this yeah. roster right like mm-hmm. he's he, he needs to move in his He needs to move in a direction where everyone's uh, moving in the same direction. But Dwight Dwight Howard definitely, like, remember he used to come in and, like, change games? Like, do you remember that? Like, it was like, oh, the energy's a little bit low. Let's put Mm -hmm. in Dwight Howard who's going to come in and block everything and just, just, like, get, uh, like, uh, small
0: the other team on the offensive glass, too, even if, like, he couldn't always get the putbacks, just, like, you know, get teams in a
1: bonus, too. Yeah. He used to scream after every, like, layup and, like, and... He was like the guy where it was like, oh, this team is having a blast. Look at Dwight Howard absolutely, you know, loving it and laughing with LeBron and AD or whoever's on the floor. And this year, Dwight looks miserable, like as the whole team does. But like, but Dwight just does not look like he's having fun at all. And I think that's a big part of Dwight Howard's game. Like I think that's blended into um, Dwight's not in a good mood.
0: uh, It is a, it is a problem for your team. It's a problem. (laughs) because uh you know talked earlier about guys who are good locker room guys uh for all of the the great things about Dwight Howard as a basketball player um his his mix in the locker room has always been a little tenuous (laughs) so he needs to be playing well and needs to be feeling well for this experience to be worth it
1: it's changed right he's turned into like a positive kind of like Sure. You know, like his quotes have become sure. the, the positive. All I know kind of is
0: when KCP was getting teased by Laker fans in 2019-20 for missing all those shots and working with lethal shooter, Dwight Howard was the first to come to his defense. I do not recall Dwight Howard coming to Russell Westbrook's defense this year.
1: Yeah, I I haven't so either. I don't know how um, how
0: good of a teammate he still is. <laughs> then again, no one has really come to Russell Westbrook's defense. But I'm just saying, uh people people don't exist exactly seem happy to have Dwight around this year in the way that they were in 1920.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, But again, I think losing just brings out this type of stuff anyway, right? Like I think it's not going to be fun being 11 games under 500 or whatever they are now, Um, but yeah, it'd be, it'd be nice to get 2020 Dwight Howard. The other just honorable mention 2020 THT. Like I would like to have (laughs) that, (laughs) the, uh, (laughs) the potential. Oh, that is a low blow. (laughs) Raj. I'm just kidding. No, THC has grown uh, greatly. It's just, I think we were at a different basketball. (laughs) We were at a different place where THC was like the, Oh, we're a championship team. And we have this like prospect on the side. That's like growing Taylor
0: Horton Tucker is not the place I thought we were going to end today, but I like it.
1: I like it. (laughs) Uh, No, THC is great. He's just too important to what we do right now to a level, which I think isn't, isn't a nice game against
0: Toronto. I was very happy to watch him in person. Just the, you know, relentless getting to the basket and the continuous finishing with the right hand on the reverse on the left side. It's a classic THD. Um, But before we head out, uh, let's take a quick look at the rest of the Lakers schedule until the next time you and I meet. (laughs) Um, Even though we've already looked at this, (laughs) I just want to confirm that we expect zero wins by the next time we podcast. Uh, We've got at Toronto on Friday at Washington Saturday, back to back, at cleveland on monday and then hosting the sixers on wednesday
1: oh god
0: feels uh, like going 4 to me
1: yeah so i posted i think on twitter like the after the wizards game or mm-hmm. whatever i was like what are, what are we going in these next nine already all in two and then we play in toronto do they have fans back do you know does yeah, Toronto yeah. have? i think do? so okay. Yeah, yeah. okay i would suggest so.
0: the lakers just sit lebron on friday
1: Yeah. Do you think he travels to Toronto? Do you think he travels with the team?
0: I I mean, his body language on the bench is terrible. So I would say who cares if he does, honestly. (laughs) But I would suggest just for the sake of maximizing opportunities here, do not play LeBron on Friday. They're not going to beat that set of wings in Toronto. And just maximize your chances of winning in Washington because LeBron, bless his heart, cannot play a back-to-back at a high level at this point.
1: Yeah, not mean, with the amount is... of
0: offensive responsibility he has on the Lakers, at least. <laughs>
1: uh, I don't know. Yeah, it could be. I mean, you just start, you start Stanley Johnson
0: it. and Wendling Gabriel.
1: <laughs> just give up. And go for spirit. it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not sure. And again, like I know you and a lot of people have said we're just going to probably fall backwards into the 10th spot. Um, but I look, I mean, look at that Blazer schedule. I mean, it is. <laughs> It is They're a soft schedule. They're not trying
0: to win. Amperdy Simons is out too. Okay.
1: I know, but you, but we are—we're not playing at a level at all that gives me confidence. In I that. understand we're,
0: that. I just—I'm telling you, these other teams are trying to lose. Like we're not—is
1: that not what we're doing? Are we not trying to? We lose? have
0: a lead on them, so we're all trying to lose. <laughs>
1: uh I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I hope we do make the plan. A lot of people hope that we just don't and, and, and just mercifully end this season, but I hope the season goes as long as it, <laughs> as it should. Like I, I think they deserve to play as many games as they can. Cause I think, you know, they have not played very many full games. They have not engaged Sabrina in basketball to the level that they need to, where they deserve an off season uh, early. So I, you know, I think they should play as many games um, as they can theoretically can. And look, they'll probably lose like, do you think they would beat Minnesota if they, if they I don't play think in we're getting game? to
0: Minnesota. I think they'd lose to new Orleans. Okay.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. That would be a hell of a story. Like to,
0: <laughs> I think they would lose to new Orleans. BI and CJ would just light us up. <laughs> the only hope here really is that new Orleans is not whole when the play-in starts. Like if Brandon Ingram was not healthy, which is again, knock on wood, I hope Brandon Ingram recovers from this, whatever happened is going on with him right now. But like, if he's not healthy, then the Lakers have a chance. But if that Pelicans roster is full, no, we were losing in the first playing game at yeah, Staples Center I'm, or sorry, at Crypto.com Marine.
1: <laughs> and then they might get Zion back. I don't know. I haven't heard anything about that. Yeah, I wouldn't while, anticipate
0: them getting Zion. But no.
1: OK, I mean, the Warriors lost Steph Curry probably till the first round yesterday, so which, which is sad, yeah. which sucks. Similar to the LeBron Solomon Hill injury where Marcus Martin kind of just yeah. Dies. I got um, that his-
0: vibes and I also got some uh, Kobe, I renewable vibes for those of you who are a little Ooh. bit older, but <laughs> yeah, not, not fun.
1: Um, not fun. Yeah. But I mean, like if it's Lakers, Warriors, first round, Steph Curry, not hundred percent. They cannot back. be the
0: seven seed as the number nine. Okay. It is impossible to jump up there. All right. The only thing the Warriors the drop, are- but then you're not playing in the first round.
1: Oh yeah. That's true. Yeah. yeah There's no
0: fair. way yeah. the Lakers play anybody in the first round of the playoffs, but the Suns that is it okay? And the Suns it, yeah. own the Lakers. <laughs> okay, it would not they have like be- a
1: piece of crypto arena, yeah. like, they are absolutely just they won insane.
0: more playoff series, like, more playoff games in LA than like the Lakers and Clippers did last year. Okay,
1: <laughs> they are so good, they are so yeah. good. Um, but and they love beating us. I, I don't like there's just something about that team that hates us. Like, even I mean, we played one series against them, maybe it was really chippy, but they have. Some kind of vendetta they really um, us. against yeah. us. They and really
0: uh, the Lakers yeah. continuously talking about it does not help our cause.
1: <laughs> AD, two what ten was half an hour before the game. Make sure to piss off the whole Phoenix Suns organization. Really, like I you
0: know. agree with what he said. <laughs> I'm glad he said it because I don't think they would have beaten the Suns anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> let's just give ourselves an excuse for what happened.
1: For sure. I just, you know, just don't say that like 30 minutes before the game, you know, like say it after, you know, or, you know, in some somewhere before, but no, Devin Booker enjoyed it though. I mean, he had a, he had a hell of a time.
0: Yeah. Nobody is enjoying Lakers basketball more this season than the Phoenix Suns. And uh, hopefully that changes over the next week or so, because uh, we are still here. We are still paying attention. We still want good things to happen. Uh, I still do believe that LeBron James should not play in Toronto on Friday, but Let's just see what happens without him. You know, it really can't get any worse. So,
1: Are you sure? I mean,
0: can't it cannot get any worse than twenty-one to two? Okay, that is the bar that we set against Toronto. Cannot get worse than that. All right, stand by it.
1: That's fair. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. All
0: right. Well, this has been an episode of I. Uh, you know. Have thoughts about basketball. Um, thank you, Raj, for coming on from all the way across the world. Make sure you're subscribed to the Silver Screen and Roll podcast for a talk about the Lakers every day of the week, and we will catch you next week.